With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Graylin Loomis, and I'm joined by co-host Ian Kreitzer. Ian, how's it going? Doing well. Doing well. How are you? Good. We just played golf this afternoon, so life is definitely good. And we're sitting down uh, this evening to record a, a um, an episode about a question, really kind of a, a general topic mm-hmm. about which we get many questions. Um, yeah, we kind of covered briefly in previous episodes, but nothing really in depth. And we figure like, eh, might as well go ahead and, and devote a whole episode to it. So. Yeah. So today we're talking about... Um, transportation options when playing golf overseas and as you said ian we've we've kind of mentioned it in a number of episodes but we are going to create the definitive episode that we can direct people to when we get these questions um and you know we're always asking readers hey send us in questions send us in ideas for for podcast episode topics and this has not necessarily been mentioned as one where people have said, please do an episode on this, mm-hmm. but we keep getting this question over and over and yeah. over. So, um, it will be a fairly quick one, yep. but I want to kind of go over a bunch of, uh, things to consider when you're booking your trip overseas and you're thinking, how am I going to get around once I'm over there? Yeah. Um, so Uh, Let's just start with kind of a general scenario. Um, A lot of people book their trips overseas with a tour operator, and many tour operators um, encourage you to use a um, transportation company that could be in-house in the case of like some of the larger companies like Perry Golf. Mm -hmm. They have their own buses and their own drivers. Right. Um, But... Uh, many times you book your trip, you arrive at the airport, you go through arrivals, and there's a guy standing there, you know, holding the the Loomis Group sign. Everybody goes, gets him. You get on the bus, and the bus drives you around for the rest of your trip. Right. Um, now, some people uh, want that and like that, and it's perfect for them, and others ask about their other options. So... Uh, we often will get <clears throat> the question of, hey, you know, we're a group of two, a group of four, a group of eight or more. Mm. Um, what are our options? And then where this really comes in is uh, occasionally single golfers will ask, hey, what are my options in terms of public transportation? Um because say I'm basing myself in uh, St. Andrews for the week, do I really need a car? So right. let's jump right in and talk about uh, first the kind of driver scenario. Yeah. So I think that drivers are most valuable for larger groups. And, and I think everyone generally will agree with that. Um, <clears throat> driving large vehicles over in the UK can be tricky. A lot of the roads are smaller. And for us Americans, you're driving on the opposite side (laughs) of the car and Um, the road for that matter and opposite side of the road. Um, 
So having someone who really knows those roads, knows where they're going, it's a huge help. Is comfortable, like it's driving like it's the exactly. back of their hand, you know. Now, the other side of that coin is the cars just generally in Europe are not as big as we have here in the States. Yeah. So if you have a group of, say, uh, more than four you're going to have a very, very difficult time renting a car that will fit everyone, all of their clubs, and all of the luggage. And you start getting into very, very expensive rentals, at which point you're almost looking at having a, a, a driver and um, that being a similar similar cost. Yeah. So I, I generally will say if you're more than four, you're going to be renting either one really large expensive vehicle or you're going to be uh, renting two vans. And even then vans can be really expensive for a, a recent trip I went on. I, I was driving myself and three other friends around Scotland. And um, I believe the, the largest car I could rent from Hertz was about 600 pounds for the week, um, which is a bunch Hefty. of money. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, once you start talking about that and you're looking at larger groups, um, you really ought to start thinking about, uh, you know, some of the, the transportation companies out there. So like I said, if you're with one of the tour operators, they will generally either have in-house options or they will have agreements with certain transportation companies yeah. uh, where they can handle that. They can book it all in-house for you and, and you're going to be set. If you're booking the trip yourself, um, that brings in a, a few other options and a few other things to think about. Right. Um, you ought to get quotes from a number of companies out there, and there are companies like Woods of Tillicultry, um, and, and you can just kind of Google Woods Coaches Scotland and find them. Uh, I was about to say, can you spell that for yeah. me? Yeah. Can you use I, it in I, a sentence? I, I can actually spell it. <laughs> I'm sure you can. Uh, yeah, I, I would hope you can. Yeah, T-I-L-L-I-C-O-U-L-T-R-Y. Everyone gets so, that? Okay, Woods great. Woods of Tillicultry. <laughs> um, they have, you have St. Andrew's Executive Travel. Um, there are a number of options out there, and, and you can kind of find them through Googling or sending us a letter, or sorry, an email at letters at linksmagazine.com. Um, but I recommend if you're doing that yourself, get a number of quotes, kind of figure out your best option. Mm-hmm. Um, for your trip, because everything is so specific and based off of where you're going, specific needs. How many nights are you in the yeah. same place? Because you have to think, once you start getting into that driver territory, you're paying not only for the car and use of that van, um, you're also looking at putting up that driver every night, the costs of paying the driver to be away from his family for the week, like or her family for the week. Right. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So, But the people that, that do get drivers swear by it. A, um, a lot of people really like it. Yeah. And, um, and if you had the means, then... Yeah, I've, uh, I've done both a number of times. And the other thing that the drivers can bring to the table is if you are a group that doesn't really know the area well, doesn't know where you're going... Um, they're almost like a concierge as well. So yeah. they'll do things like uh, make you some dinner reservations. Um, in the case of uh, really bad or inclement weather, they will kind of call ahead and make tea times for you or shift tea times for you, I should say. Um, 
so they're doing a lot. They're offering you tips. They're, they kind of know where the cool spots are. They know where you should go get beers at night. Um, so it's kind of like having a man on the ground sort of deal there. And, and that can be really, really valuable uh, to your group. For sure. And on that same note, too, if you have a group that wants to go over and experience the whole nightlife, the pubs and, and all that, um, as we mentioned in previous episodes, the UK, Scotland especially, has very strict um, drunk driving, drunk laws. driving laws. Yeah. And to really the best way to alleviate, you know, any sort of worry about that is just to have a permanent designated. Driver. Exactly. And so you're not missing out or your friend, you're not swapping out the DDs yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So. I mean, one beer puts you at the limit or even just over the limit in some cases, depending yeah. on the beer in Scotland. So if you want to, you know, have a couple pints after a round, don't drive. No, I mean, it, it, it's, not. it's close to a no tolerance policy. And when I'm in the UK, I do not drink. I will not drink if I'm going to drive. Um, it, it's just asking for a lot of trouble. So if that's a big part of it, um, big part of your trip, then definitely consider having a driver. Absolutely. Um, let's jump now to renting a car. Um, it's interesting. <laughs> I got a number of questions recently about uh, what are some rental cars, uh, rental car companies that, that I should ask for in the UK or that I should look at in the UK. And it's pretty much <laughs> the same companies yeah. that you're going to find here. Um, Enterprise, Hertz, over there you have like, you know, Avis and uh, Europe Car and, and a, a number of others. But just like you would here in the States, I'd go to um, Kayak or uh, Expedia and compare all of your prices. Yep. What I would say is the default rental cars over there generally have manual transmissions. Um, so make sure when you're renting that you uh, know what you're getting. If you can drive a manual, great, go for it. Um, if you can't or you aren't comfortable driving a manual um, on foreign roads on the opposite side of the car and you're shifting with your uh, left hand instead of your right hand and you know, it's all too much, uh, designate that you want an automatic because if you get there and, well in advance too yeah if, if you get there and say hey uh, oops sorry um, I actually want an automatic car in many cases they aren't going to have a ton of automatics on the yeah. lot or maybe they'll have no automatics on the lot um, so yeah. just you know and, and, and you know yourself yeah and you stalled traffic and, and like stalled out and stopped traffic yeah. in the UK quite a few yeah. times yeah. yeah well fortunately I have not done it quite a few times I've done it twice and okay, then, that, and then sorry, never made that mistake again because sorry. it was so terrifying of course yeah, yeah. So I, <laughs> two times well sorry. yeah I, so I learned to drive a manual car over in the UK which I, I think um, made it a little bit easier. I had a girlfriend in St. Andrews who had a car and learned on her car and then would drive it up to work at Kings Barnes. Um, but yeah, so I, <laughs> I, I think the ultimate test is right outside of Edinburgh Airport, um, depending on the route you choose, There's there are two very large roundabouts that are tied together. So imagine like a very big figure eight and not only do those um, not only do those roundabouts have many different exits, but they have uh, stoplights within the roundabout. Yeah. And uh, yeah, a few years ago, <laughs> I, I pulled out of Edinburgh Airport feeling good. You know, I'm back in a manual car and I'm, I'm you know feeling happy. And I'm alone, and um, 
over in the UK, there are also rules where you can't really hold a phone. You can't be talking on the phone. You can't be holding a phone or texting or right. anything while driving. Um, so <laughs> I'm trying to figure out which of the eight you know exits I need to get off. And all of a sudden I see, oh no, the lights turn green and I stall right in the roundabout, <laughs> which pretty much shuts down the figure eight. Right. And to, to everybody's credit over there, I guess because they all know the deal, um, nobody was honking. Everybody yeah, stayed really calm. Nice. Nice and I proceeded to put it in gear and immediately stall again. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And, of course, I could go on about this, but right. uh, the car had a push button start. So I'm trying to restart the car and I'm pushing and I, it. It was, it was uh, bad. But I drove probably close to a thousand miles that whole trip in about two weeks and didn't stall again so there you go yeah and i will say it was out of sheer terror that that was going to happen (laughs) again because it was a a do or die scenario for sure so if you're scared of that happening get an automatic car (laughs) yeah 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 which that would be what i would do if i was uh yeah so there's another scenario where renting a car i think makes more sense i guess than um than having a uh, a driver and a bus we've talked a lot on this podcast about going to a certain place and basing yourself there right um and that's a little easier in scotland and england than ireland where in ireland you can base yourself in the southwest but you're gonna end up doing a decent bit of driving kind of no matter what you do um you could also stay up near dublin but you're gonna drive yeah for sure um they so i'd say um if you're basing yourself in one place and you're doing uh, minimal amounts of driving let's say you're in st andrews and you're going to play a lot of the area courses um you can walk to a ton of the golf courses in st andrews if you're based in east lothian it's a very very short drive to most of the golf courses um in the highlands short drive so if you're based in an area and you're spending a week there, you're spending quite a bit of time there. Um, it can make more sense to drive yourself there, kind of put your car away if you will. Yeah. And then walk as much as you can. Right. Um, if you're kind of doing the, the dine and dash method, which we, um, kind of recommend you don't do, mm-hmm. uh, where you're kind of playing golf, hopping in the car, going to another area, playing golf, you know, then on to another round that afternoon and then yeah. going again. Um, it all really gets tiring and you probably don't want to be hopping in the car and driving when you're tired and not paying attention. And, uh, so just think about the logistics of your trip, where you're going to be, um, parking is also another interesting thing. I've kind of thought more and more about parking in St. Andrews recently because we got some questions about it. Um, parking in St. Andrews can be tricky. Uh, so just make sure you know the rules of where you're parking. You know, are yeah. you parking on the street? And if so, um, are you paying for your spot? And if you park in a lot, can you leave it there overnight? Just be aware, you know, pay attention yeah. and you'll be fine. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think another way we hadn't mentioned uh, quite as much yet, uh, train systems over there too. Yes, true. Before we get into the train systems though and public transportation, I do want to take a quick break and we're going to get a word from our season sponsor. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, jumping back into a third option here. Um, and this has been interesting. I This is how I got around all the time as a student. Uh, it's public transportation. Um, the UK has, uh, and more so Scotland and England, uh, as opposed to, to Ireland, um, has a very, very good public transportation system. Yeah, for Excellent sure. trains. Uh, the train network can get you really really darn close to to pretty much everywhere you want to go yeah and we talked about it in the london uh, episode as well in the london episode where you can get kind of within like a four minute drive and in some cases even a a five minute walk um from some of the best golf courses in england um i mean heck if you wanted to if you were in london and wanted to take the train down to um sandwich uh so like the royal st george's area Mm -hmm. um it's like under an hour. It's right over an hour, I guess. And, and you're right there. And you're that's thinking, amazing. Yeah. Man, that's a, that's a day trip. Um, so uh, same goes for Scotland. You can get to a lot of places and very close to a lot of places uh, by taking trains and then buses as well. And here in right. the States, buses kind of have a, the, the connotation of being unreliable yeah, or a little dirty. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I want to take the bus. Over there, it's the opposite. Everybody takes the buses. Um, the bus drivers are, generally speaking, pretty helpful where, where they'll kind of say, oh, yeah, yeah, you want to go down that road and take a ride if you're walking down to the golf course. Yeah. Um, but in, in each of those cases, uh, it's pretty key to go on websites and see your route. So yeah. we'll leave some links in the show notes. But um Generally speaking, nationalrail.co.uk is where you're going to find most of your information for the trains. And then buses are a little more regional instead of a kind of a national right. website you can go to where you can compare. Um, in Scotland, Stagecoach um, is a company that has a lot of different bus networks in each county. Um, but really, I would just Google kind of bus route blank city and yeah. then you're, you're going to find what you need for um, sure i'd say you know plenty of i've got plenty of stories where i messed up and got on the wrong train or you know, it just made errors so uh be careful you don't want to miss tea times um make sure you're on the right train but it's a pretty darn easy system for um, sure I uh, I guess a couple more details to include there. Um, you can always purchase a, a train ticket ahead of time online. You can purchase it at the station. And even in some cases in the kind of more rural or uh, the non-large city uh, train stations, you can just get on the train and you can buy a ticket from um, kind of the the conductor, conductor, if you will, yeah. uh, as he or she walks up and down the, um, the carriages checking for tickets. You will generally pay more, like mm-hmm. ten or fifteen percent more, by buying it on the train. The same with the states too. Yeah, I mean, like in the with New York Amtrak. Area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I always try and buy ahead of time. 
Saves you a little bit of money and saves a little bit of money hassle and too. Hassle. Yeah. So that's a very good option. I would say I would only recommend public transportation to someone if I knew that they were going to be based in one area. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say if you're trying to travel a bunch of the country, certainly possible. Um, but it gets to a point where there are so many moving parts that you're kind of better served in a car or something right. like that. Right. I think as a single, it works decently well, too. I mean, sure, you can and rent a car. A yeah. Um, but if you're just paying for train tickets, especially if you're based in one area, you can just, you know, go from go from the airport to the to the town that you're going in. Or uh, and then if you needed a little bit, you know, a little bit extra drive Uber or, you know, taxi or yeah. anything like that, or just walk. Um, yeah. And I'll give a quick scenario, though, which I, I don't want this to kind of scare anybody off taking trains, but gives you an idea of the number of moving parts involved. So let's say you land at Edinburgh Airport. Um, <clears throat> you would then if you wanted to take the train to St. Andrews, you're going to get the tram from Edinburgh Airport into downtown Edinburgh and you can get off right by Edinburgh Waverly, which is the main train station. You would then get a train from Edinburgh Waverly up to Lucas station, which is the closest to St. Andrews. And then from Lucas station to St. Andrews is about 10 minutes in a car, 15 minutes by bus. And there's a, um, a always kind of a line or queue of taxis right there and you hop in a taxi and it's probably 10 or 15 pounds to be in downtown st andrews that's pretty darn easy that's that's not very difficult to do that um and it means that uh once you're there you can be in st andrews and and walk around right um i I would compare it to i'm not sure uh how long is that train ride from uh edinburgh or from the um downtown edinburgh to lucre station you know the you can get faster trains and Mm. trains that stop at all the little towns along the way um the faster trains might be an hour little over an hour to an hour and a half and then the, the slower trains could be closer to an hour 45 or two hours right but i mean let's say an hour mm. yeah okay yeah so i mean so what what that kind of rings true uh or what that reminds me of uh, in my mind is kind of if you fly to jfk in new york city you you take the air train to the to jamaica station and then you pay a different fee to take the you know whatever train you want to take into the city or yeah. out to long island or whatever yeah um, and it's kind of the same sort of not a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of moving parts, and, but not. You just you know, do your research, and you'll be you'll be fine. Yeah, do your yeah. research, and you're fine. Um, I, I think it works best for kind of a single or a twosome people who can be kind of light and nimble. Yeah, and also people who are laid back. And for sure, where, you know, if you miss that train, you're not freaking out. You're like, okay, cool. We'll, yeah. we'll get the, the next, next one. one. Yeah. It's all good. Um, so those are three options. Um, I'd say a lot of our conversation today has been uh, a little bit more Scotland and England focused. Over in Ireland, um, I don't have as much experience, but uh, what I do know is that public transportation in terms of trains and buses is spottier, a little more difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, You're really looking more at renting a car or... Um, taking a transportation company and even then uh, from my experiences over there those roads are even trickier than what you have in Scotland yeah Um, and our uh, two-time podcast guest George Pepper our editor at Lynx 
he um he even had a, a car accident once i believe like totaled a rental car in ireland oh my god I, I yeah. Hadn't, yeah i hadn't heard that story yeah. yeah he was like driving along and like missed a turn and just drove like straight through a hedge into a field um oh my yeah, god it was totally fine <laughs> of course being of course george, george yeah, yeah. george uh <laughs> it, we we kid george because he's just so darn lucky yeah um so Interestingly, a lot of the the issues I've heard with people driving have been in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, but long story short, uh, do your research, but know that you have these options and use this as a base for doing that research. And, and plan for your specific trip, too, because it varies uh, trip to trip and how many people you have along that trip as well. Um, and the type of people you have. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you, you have a lot of options and kind of just get the pul- get the pulse for the rest of the group and see what they want to do and what will work best for the, uh, for the group. So, so I, I think we've kind of perfectly done an episode here where we're, we're going to generate a bunch of questions where people are going to say, Hey, here's the trip. What do you guys recommend? Here's this scenario. Yeah. Like what would you do? So yeah. if you do have questions, it's, I think it's probably easiest to send us kind of a longer form question via email. You can get us at letters at linksmagazine.com. Um, alternatively, you can find us on social media for the shorter questions. We're at links magazine everywhere. Um, if you want more content about what we do and you know, our trips we take, uh, go to linksmagazine.com. Once you're there, you're going to find a ton of content, but you can sign up for our free uh, e-magazine called Links Digital. You can also subscribe to Links Magazine, the print product. You can sign up for our emails. A lot of ways to get what we do. For sure. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. it's uh, We enjoy it and, and think we, uh, we've we had a lot of good feedback about the content lately. So, for sure. For um, sure. With that... We're going to wrap this one up here. Send us your questions, please. Send us questions. And um, as always, send us uh, tips and advice for additional topics and what you guys want to hear and other questions you have. And who knows, maybe we'll do an episode about uh, your next question. So with that, Ian, let's wrap this one up and I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good.